In the darkness of five o'clock in the morning, I was woken from my bed by my father to go out onto the farm to see what life is like and to hear the sounds and the environment in which farming takes place. So this is both a soundscape but also a bit of commentary as well. I ask my father a few questions about how the farm works but also I will provide a bit of commentary on what is going on in each scene if you like. Here is the farmscape, a commentary and soundscape of life on the farm. Still up, but the birds are out. It's the beginning of a new day here on Manor Farm. We're um, approaching the dairy now. How many uh, cows are you milking at the moment? 255 or 6. And how many? I've just had calves. Uh, 150 of those. And your herd used to be rather small. How big has it grown? Uh, this year we'll milk, was it eight left a calf? We'll milk about 260. We were up to just under 300 last year, but really that was too many, so about 260 is about right for what we can grow. milking going on that morning I asked Rob how milking works so obviously you take the milk out of the cows via Machine. machines but then where, what, what actually happens to it it doesn't just go into a tank does it yeah the milk from the cows runs direct into a large line then it's pumped through a filter mm -hmm. and through a plate cooler which 
uses cold water to drop the temperature rapidly and then into the bulk tank which is refrigerated so then that cools it down to three degrees. Where does all this milk go? Uh, this milk, most of it is being made into cheese, some into butter, some unlabeled cheddar into Tesco's and Sainsbury's and the rest of it is going to America. After milking we headed over to see the baby carps and their eating habits were somewhat to be desired. <laughs> Here on the farm, the baby calves, many with little white socks almost, are slowly sucking away at the milk that is being given to them from a trolley in the middle of the field. And they're enjoying it intensely, although two of them don't seem to be that interested. And they're instead either taking a pee or just standing around, gazing at their friends. I've been told to move slightly in order for the calves to not be scared or frightened by my presence because obviously I'm a very intimidating force out here in the in the wild of the farm and they're coming around there's two who still don't really want to get the milk and they're jostling with their friends now to see if they can get some milk I caught up with Rob my father but also the farm manager and I asked him several questions both about the farm but also about his own personal experience as a farmer do you find it a lonely job? No, I don't, because there's three of us who work together here anyway. Yeah, you, you spend quite a lot of time working on your own, but you're always working with animals. Mm. I usually have a dog working with me as well, so no, it probably suits me more working with animals than with people. Heifers are young female cows. Well, all the cows or heifers are lined up almost uh, as if they're about to begin a marathon and they're all waiting to enter their new patch of grass. The fence is currently holding them back and they are literally lined up as if they're about to enter some sort of race. Some of them are lowly mooing. Perhaps also the dog is not helping the situation. And the wire is now being pulled back and here they go. The dog was pushing them into the new field, although they didn't need much temptation but it has now decided to take a break and drink water instead. It hasn't done a huge amount of work today, but the dog felt that it should still have a break. Is there a particular moment that you find every year in the seasons that you find is the, the moment where you think, well, this is why I got into farming? Yeah, I, I enjoy the spring. Spring's probably our hardest time of year because we're calving. But then when you see the calves born and you come into the spring, all the trees green up, you know, um, it just makes the countryside a, a place where you want to be. What you can hear now is the cows eating the grass in one of the fields and you hear the crunching as they break it down in their mouths. I think one of the things that I find 
most interesting that I've seen evolve here over the last 15-16 years is the way that farming and wildlife work together. For too long now, environmental systems have divided agriculture and conservation. So you end up with very intensive agriculture in the main body of the field, with a little strip of conservation around the outside. This takes a lot of time and money to manage it, and it isn't particularly productive in terms of conservation. It's birds and mammals leave that strip there's no food for them in the crop because of the intensive agriculture prior to the intensification of agriculture wildlife and farming work together so not thrive together really without much in the way of input from the farmer the farmer tended to farm a mixed farming system. There was hedgerows, woodlands, pastures, crop fields, and everything thrived together on that system. Since then there's been a decline in the number of insects and as a result a decline in the number of farmland birds, little birds. But what we've seen on here is the opposite of that. Since we've been growing diverse swords as part of or a major part of the land area which used to be arable cropping, we've seen a big lift in the numbers of insects, both the pollinators and the ground living insects, the spiders and beetles, dung beetles, etc. And a corresponding lift in the number of farmland birds and little birds, as you could hear on the dawn chorus, which has come along because of the change in the system, not because of anything we've done specifically or around the edges to try and enhance the wildlife. My dad is now cutting the wrap around a bale. It's a black wrap. Some of you may have seen it. Maybe you drive past farms and seen bales which are wrapped in black plastic wrapping. And he's opening that. And the, the wrapping is to protect it and store the bales, often because they've been made the year before in the summer and, and then used in the winter. So they need to be stored up and protected from the elements before they are used. And he's now just cutting that away so the cows have some extra food alongside the beautiful pasture and grass that they are able to enjoy. It's a bit of extra sort of snack if you like. Well, these are not cows, these are youngins, which makes you a young house. Um, 
as you can hear they're very noisy, very rowdy. Good morning ladies, hello. And they are waiting once again on the start line, like the others. And they're waiting to go into the next part of the field. They're also sectioned into different parts of the field to make sure they ration how much they eat. At the moment, very whiny. I wonder sort of what the whole idea of this program was. It's generally to give you a sense of what's going on on the farm. Many of you will be in lockdown and stuck inside and so I thought perhaps it's, it's worth noting and, and recording how farm life is going, what it's like to be on the farm in, in, on one day and of course also just to make aware that the farmers of this country are having to, up and down this country, make sure that food is put on the table, that they continue to look after the animals and make sure they're alive and they can't stop either and of course it's much, uh, you know it's very important that we credit all those who are looking after the many who are ill and fighting coronavirus on the front line but it's also very important to remember that those who are also essential workers across the country whether truck drivers delivery drivers or farmers i've just entered the farm office and uh, i'm sat here uh, we're about to have breakfast uh, but I found one of the sweetest things uh, in the in the office, which is a tree with uh, not a real tree, uh, a wooden little small model tree with little leaves on it, which children have written on, uh, and it's from the local primary school, which is thanking the farm and thanking the farmers for working. Dear farmers, thank you for working day and night. Thank you for all the work you do for all of our veg. Uh, thank you farmers for working so hard day and night to make our bread and food uh, the spelling on some of them is not brilliant but actually at least it's uh, you can actually discern what they're trying to to say and generally it's a lot of thank yous dear farmers thank you for the food that you harvest for us thank you for the farmers for waking up early in the morning to grow crops and I can certainly vouch that they do wake up early in the morning it's a very sweet thing to have in the office and it reminds us of the essential work that farmers are doing up and down this country to maintain both food supplies but also to maintain the landscapes and the natural environment that we have a lot of this climate change crisis that is existing and ongoing it is at, at the end of the day going to be farming which has to be one of the most instrumental parts of solving this climate crisis because we are always going to have to have food we may not need cars, we may not need plastic toys, but we will always need food. And however we do it, we're going to have to make sure that those food supplies, A, are sustainable, but also that they do work with the environment, but also are continually provided. So farmers are going to be crucial in making sure that we do move to a more healthy CO2-free climate. And I think also what's going to be crucial as well is actually a big part of our landscapes and our natural environments which are very important especially in capturing carbon are already under the care of farmers and so we need to make sure that that is continued and that those farmers particularly who are improving the soils improving the natural environments that they look after particularly here on this farm where they're capturing carbon through the soils that that is continued and 
spread across the industry. But farming is going to be crucial in this climate crisis, and it's very sweet that these children from the local primary school have actually thanked farmers, which is a rare, rare thing to occur. Often we thank everyone else, uh, but actually we don't look at the people who, at the end of the day, make sure that we can survive. You may be ill once in your life, but you'll have to eat food every day of your life. And uh, sometimes we forget where it comes from, but there you are. Rant over. The end of the day is brought to the end by the milking of the cows once more in the parlour. I think there will be more of a a closer link between what's termed organic and conventional. I think the the real high input fertilizer chemical um, agriculture that we have mainstream at the moment has got to change because of soil degradation and that is changing. There's um, a lot of places where the kind of going forward but going back to more mixed farming and I think that is going to happen more so as people find that that's the only way to to reinvigorate soils and they can't just keep relying on fertilizers and chemicals. Well thank you very much for that Rob. At the end of this soundscape and commentary, I felt it would be fitting perhaps to hear some poetry, particularly in relation to the landscape and nature. I think poetry has a weird 
affiliation, unlike any other form of media, with nature. It so seems to be a much better way of expressing what goes on out there, whether in farming or the wider landscape and environment. And I've decided to choose a poet who has quite a strong affiliation with nature and farming and the rural landscape. And this is Rural Illusions by William Wordsworth. Sylph was it, or a bird more bright than doze of fabulous stock. A second darted by, and lo, another of the flock, through sunshine flitting from the burr to nestle in the rock. Transient deception, a gay freak of April's mimicries. Those brilliant strangers, hailed with joy among the budding trees, proved last year's leaves pushed from the spray to frolic on the breeze. Maternal flora, show thy face, and let thy hand be seen, thy hand here sprinkling tiny flowers, that, as they touch the green, take root, so seems it, and look up in honour of their queen. Yet soothe those little starry specks, that not in vain aspired to be confounded with live groves. Most dainty, most admired, were only blossoms dropped from twigs of their own offspring tired. Not such the world's elusive shows, her wingless flutterings, her blossoms which, though shared out brave, the floweret as it springs. For the undeceived, smile as they may, are melancholy things. But gentle nature plays her part with ever-varying wiles, and transient feignings with plain truth, so well she reconciles, that those fond idlers most are pleased, whom oftenest she beguiles. Thanks goes to Manor Farm Chedworth for allowing me to record on the farm visit. Also thanks to Bob Richmond for the interviews and also his contributions to the programme, as well as to Bob and Simon, who've helped also 